real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. This is Sarah St. John, and today I have Melanie from Self-Publishing Services. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And can you tell us a little bit about Self-Publishing Service? Sure. So Self-Publishing Services was launched coming up on seven years ago, and it was actually the brainchild of one of my business partners, Danica Winters, who's a Harlequin author. She writes for Simon & Schuster and a few other imprints, but she also has some experience self-publishing. And so she approached a couple of us in her local kind of author business world, recognizing that there are a lot of folks who are really interested in self-publishing, but it's a big lift to get from, you know, a concept of a piece, whether it's a fiction story or whether it's a non uh, non um, fiction or whatever you have that you want to write and publish. It's a really big lift to get it from idea to out in public. And not everybody loves every step of the process and not everybody feels comfortable doing every step of the process. So her idea was we would be a resource for those folks and provide them with whatever services they need that they can't do themselves or don't want to do themselves to get their book published and make it available for people to buy. So it started about seven years ago and we focused a lot at the beginning on editing and cover design and kind of some of those basic things, but we've really expanded into, I mean, we do formatting and cover design, editing, any and all services that are required to take something from a concept stage to a finished product. It looks like, based on your website, that y'all offer pretty much anything and everything you can imagine within self-publishing. I don't know that I've seen another company, at least as far as self-publishing goes, that offers as many services as you do. Yeah. And I mean, we try and we keep adding on the things that we're hearing people talk about. Audiobooks are obviously becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And that's another really big lift. It seems so simple. Oh, I'll just record myself doing my, you know, reading my book. But even if you want to go that route, there are some barriers, I guess, when it's time to upload to ACX. So we were like, well, let's pull together some resources and help people kind of navigate those waters. I think we just kind of come at it from a, we want authors to feel empowered to get their work out there. And so whatever we can provide, whatever resources we can provide to make that easy, we're we want to do that. We want to learn about those things too. So, And do you work with traditionally published or hybrid authors or is it just self-published authors? We actually work with authors across the spectrum. We've worked with folks, actually we're working with a guy right now who is preparing 
his submission package for traditional publishing. So we're helping him with his query letter and, and getting his submission package ready. We've worked with traditionally published authors, sometimes on the rights they've gotten back on books to get them out and self-published again. We actually have a couple of right now clients who are college professors who are putting out kind of their research. And so we're working with them to self-publish and with other ones to prepare it for press through, you know, the scholarly academic presses. I don't work directly with those folks, so I don't know all the lingo on that. But yeah, we've got anybody who wants to publish anything through any channel, we've essentially worked with them, which is fun. It, It gives us a lot of opportunity to learn about all segments of the industry. And can you explain to the listeners maybe the differences or advantages or even maybe the disadvantages, though I don't really see many, of self-publishing versus traditionally publishing? Yeah. So traditionally publishing, I think the idea of getting a contract or getting representation at a traditional house is still really compelling to people because it kind of feels like it adds that legitimacy to your publishing career, right? The problem with that, and it's great. I think it's awesome if people want to go that route. And if they do that and are successful, I think that's fantastic. I think that some of the drawbacks to pursuing traditional publishing are that Right now, we're in this really wild time in the content world, whether that is publishing or media in other formats. And so traditional publishers are really behind the curve when it comes to delivering content in new ways or working with content producers in a way that's fair and reasonable for everybody. And so I think, although it's nice to have some of that perceived financial stability from going with a traditional publisher. It's becoming more and more rare to get an advance on a book. It's becoming harder and harder to earn out advances. And most because the traditional publishing companies, they really have limited resources. They're throwing a lot of their resources behind their biggest name authors because they're kind of a guaranteed home run. And so if you're a brand new author and you get a contract with a publisher, that's awesome. And that's amazing. But I guess don't, don't anticipate much in the way of like marketing support. And in fact, a lot of publishers are going to be looking for you to really contribute when it comes to that. Like we all have this concept that, oh, if I am a traditionally published author, I only have to worry about writing and I have a team that takes care of the rest of it. And that's not really the way it is today. Again, thanks to kind of this revolution in media and the fact that there is a a thing as social media and you can really build your reader platforms and And traditional publishers, while they won't require something like that, they're really going to invest in authors that can prove that they have the skills and abilities to an interest in pushing their own marketing that way. They have limited resources to to devote to those things. And you still end up doing a lot of that work that maybe you're hoping to get out of. And on top of that, you're limited in how you can do some of those things because the publisher are the ones that are going to dictate, you know, 
this is what kind of product we want to put out there. So your marketing needs to follow what our marketing says. And you get kind of hemmed in by that. So the benefits of going self-publishing is you really regain control over all of that. And of course, then you're not giving up a big percentage of your profits for somebody else to take control of those things. So I don't want to dog too much on traditional publishing because I think it's awesome for the people that can make it work. But I think that for folks who want to really control the trajectory of their careers and want to put the time in on the marketing side of things and really learning the industry, I think you're going to be a lot happier with self-publishing and you'll learn a lot more. Yeah, I feel you know, for people like Oprah or someone who's really well known, who already has an Mm -hmm. audience, that going traditional probably makes sense. I mean, it's easy for them probably to get the deal and all that. But yeah, for people who maybe don't have an audience or not a big one, not like a shoe in, you know, for a publisher, to me, it makes more sense to go self-publishing. And that's what I've done. Because first of all, for a no name or whatever mm-hmm. to even get traditionally published is hard. hard. And secondly, even if you do get it, the amount of time it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, with self-publishing, you could put a you could technically put a book out and, you know, you could probably get it done in a month if you really worked right. hard or definitely within a year or mm-hmm. whatever. But like with traditional, I mean, it can take three years or whatever. And then, like you said, they also, they still expect you to do a lot of the work that a self-published author would do as far as marketing and promotion, all that stuff. And then you don't have as much control mm-hmm. either as far as like the cover and the content. And then I've even heard that you don't even make as much, like you might make a, a buck a book. Right. <laughs> Whereas with self-publishing, you could make depending on how you price it, maybe five bucks or whatever. Right. And that's definitely a huge thing. I mean, when it comes to print books, you know, if you're looking at a a print book that you put out there for $12.99 through Amazon and it's print on demand, you're going to pay the print costs to Amazon plus their 30% and you keep the rest of it. Whereas I think most royalty agreements and I, you know, they range of course, but most places you're going to get far less than that 70%. You're going to get maybe between 10 and 50%. If 50 if you're super lucky, I think about 25% might be normal. So you're going to make far more on your books if you're putting them out there and you own the rights to them than you will through traditional publishing. And that I think is a big driver for a lot of people is just the ability to keep more of your profits. And especially if you're sinking your own money into marketing anyway, wouldn't it be nice to do that when you're gaining more from each sale, it gives you more financial freedom to invest more in your career. And you bring up a good point about the time frame thing too, because publishers have a very strictly laid out calendar. So they're often working a couple years in advance, which means a couple of things. They're often slow to respond to trends in the market. So if there's something that becomes popular you can respond to it by self-publishing a lot more quickly than a traditional publisher will. And yeah, it's it's not it's still a process to get a book out, but certainly you can be as fast as your team or as you are able to be, which is really nice. And definitely having control over cover design is awesome because I think a lot of authors have a pretty specific vision of what they want for their cover. And it's nice to be able to dictate that rather than having to just, oh, and titles. That's another thing. Publishers will 
retitle books all the time. So if you've got a title in mind and they don't like it or it doesn't fit into their boxes, they'll change it. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's a downside. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe like for a fiction author being having to wait, mm-hmm. you know, for a traditional that might make a little more sense if that's what they want to do, the route they want to go. But for nonfiction books, which is what I write, a lot of times the topics are so pertinent to that mm-hmm. time. Like if you wait to get it traditionally published a year or three years, whatever from now, it's not even going to be relevant anymore. Sometimes. Right, You've <laughs> really lost the timeliness and the potential audience that you've had. You know, if there's something that's really hot that comes up and people want to know more about it, it's it benefits you tremendously to be able to turn around a book really quickly. Yeah. And I know y'all offer a project manager. Mm-hmm. What exactly do they help with? So the way we structure our services is we have some packages that somebody could could purchase, like just a package that kind of comes with these preset things, or we have kind of an a la carte menu where you can say, okay, I need help with metadata and cover design and editing, but I don't need help with marketing and I don't need help with whatever. So all of your interactions with us come with a project manager and it's the project manager's job to facilitate the delivery of all those different services. So we'll work with a graphic designer to give you the book cover that you need and we'll work with an editor and it's our job to kind of keep things on track and make sure that we're communicating with the designer. Okay, here is the author's concept of what the cover might look like and then have the graphic designer plug in their professional experience and work with that original concept to turn around something that is not only something that the author kind of envisioned, but that also meets some of those really important genre criteria that will help sell the book. So it's kind of the project manager's job to be the go-between between the author and the people who are behind that author providing all of those really critical services. And I see on the website that you offer a free consultation. So like anyone, I guess, who is interested in maybe learning more. Yeah, we definitely, it's funny because we work with authors who have a very wide range of experience. I've talked to a couple of folks very recently who are looking at producing books, not so much because they want to go into a writing career, but because this book is kind of a natural outgrowth of their other business platforms. We're working with a doctor who has written kind of about his career path and how he got to where he was, because part of what he does, in addition to his actual medical career, is he offers mentorship. And so by sharing his story, he can open up more avenues for this mentorship program. So he's not necessarily looking to be an author as a career. He's just looking at communicating with people in a different way. And so what he comes into our world knowing about the publishing industry is really, really limited versus we work with, like we've talked about, traditionally published authors who have all this experience on that side and multi-published, self-published authors. And so they've been through the whole gamut of things. So in that hour consultation, we'll talk about whatever needs to be talked about. 
if you want to call us and say, I have this idea for a book because my business is about X, what do I need to know? I'll talk to you about, okay, who's your audience and how do you want to get it out there and what's your goal with this book and give you kind of the very most basic breakdown of here are your self-publishing options. Or if you call me and say, I published this book, I'm getting negative feedback, I need to talk to somebody about fixing some of these issues that people are pointing out, then I'll talk to you about editing. And I'll talk to you about the different levels of editing and what kind of feedback you're seeing in your reviews. It's, it's really customized to whatever the customer wants to talk about or whatever's pertinent to their goals. Yeah, that makes sense. And you had mentioned, you brought up a good point about the doctor who is kind of using, he doesn't want to be an author as his career, but he's using a book to build his business, basically, which is the topic of my second book called Authorpreneur. It's about self-publishing and for the purpose of building your business, kind of like as a glorified business mm -hmm. card is your book versus, you know, That's a piece funny. of paper. Yeah. And with traditional publishing, I'm not sure self-publishing, you can do whatever you want, like put a call to action in the front of your mm -hmm. book or whatever. And I'm not sure if traditional publishing really lets you do that or allows that. So I think you'd have to have a lot of power to to have that added to your contract, you know, Oprah might be able to get that done. <laughs> but, you know, a <laughs> yeah. first time author who's writing a book about, you know, some segment of industry that they happen to be an expert on, that they also consult on, isn't necessarily going to be able to have the same ability to influence that. We have another author that I've worked with recently, and he is specifically an animal nutritionist. So he works with people who have herd animals, cows and sheep and whatnot, to manage kind of their feed and their forages. And he's a scientist. He's got a master's degree. He's a really well-known consultant. And so he's written all of these articles. So he's pulled a few articles and generated some new content and put them together in this book. And it's exactly the same concept. Like this book is something that can go out there and be super useful for his target audience, but will also in turn bring back business for, his con for the consulting side of his work. And, and I think you're right that traditional publishing, they're not structuring their books that way and they're not looking at them that way because it doesn't benefit the traditional publisher to do that. You know, what they get the benefit from is every time somebody purchases the book. So that's really how they're going to structure their contracts is with sales in mind, not so much the long-term applications of how that book can communicate to the audience. Right. So yeah, that's another way that self-publishing, I think, has an mm -hmm. advantage over traditional publishing because, uh, especially at least if you have a business that you're trying to promote or is that you can put those like call to actions like get my free this, that or the other or right. and then you can start your email marketing to them or hire me to do this mm -hmm. or consulting or coaching or just right. courses, just anything. And so... Whereas traditional publishing, it's like you make your money off book sales, and that's the point, and that's mm -hmm. the goal. But with self-publishing, not only do you probably actually make more per sale, you also make a lot of more money on the back end as far as 
what you're offering and stuff. Yeah, so. and I and we're seeing a lot more folks who are recognizing the power of I I just think about it as communicating in this different way. So I love the fact that you have this book Authorpreneur. I think that's a really powerful way to reach people because it it allows you to deliver valuable content and also kind of establish your own credentials in the field that you're talking about. And it's a win-win for everybody. You know, the people who purchase the book get information that they wouldn't have otherwise had. They also get to know you. And for you, that's a long-term benefit. And so we're seeing a lot of folks come in that are not authors. They're not fiction writers looking to make a career out of it, which I, I love those people too. But I really love this concept of putting out material in a way that a consumer wants and will find value in. And I think that kind of gets at the crux of this whole media revolution that we have going on. You know, people just want content and they want to consume that content in the way that they want to consume it. So books are great. Podcasts are great. Video content is great. And businesses are really, I think, embracing that. And I love to see that because it's just, I think it's helpful all the way around. And definitely self-publishing is a much more flexible way to go about that rather than trying to get a traditional publishing contract where you're going to be kind of forced into a box. People are probably confused as far as like the different types of editing because there's line editing, copy editing, proofreading, etc. Can you kind of go over and explain that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we often do right away with clients too. They'll come to us and say, I have this book and I don't know quite where I should go from here. I think it's ready to publish. And so we'll say, send us your first chapter. We want to take a look at it. And often just in that first couple of pages or that first chapter, we can tell what level of editing they need. And so Sometimes people need substantive editing or substantive. I've heard it both ways. So that is kind of like looking at the core of the story. Are there plot holes? Are there, do you have a character development issue? Do you have, you know, are you missing vital pieces of information? And so if we decide that you need a substantive edit, we'll go through and kind of from this really high level say, okay, here are some structure issues with your book that you're going to need to address before you're going to be ready to put it on the market. Here's something that readers are really going to have an issue with. From there, then we'll get into line editing, which is what it sounds like. We're going line by line through the book to look at word choice and consistency of characters. Like I always It's funny, you do this for a while and you can't read a book without doing that automatically. And so it drives me crazy. I just picked up a book the other day that I was reading where the character started with blue eyes and ended with green. And I'm like, that's that's not okay. (laughs) And these are just, I mean, it's natural, things get missed. But so that's like a line editor will go through and look for consistency in your characters and consistency in your story. A copy editor is gonna go look through for, you know, kind of spelling, grammar, and punctuation but on a little bit more expanded level, like they'll look for a line editor might look for things like this is a cliche or this is uh, whatever. Whereas a copy editor is going to be looking for, you have a dangling participle and kind of restructuring sentences from a really grammatical standpoint. And then your final stage, and this is something that we tell everybody, no matter what we recommend for editing, always, 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 always get a proof even if your mother is an English teacher and she's really good at grammar, 
pay someone to proof your book because it's the difference between having a professional proofer and not is what's going to make you stand out in the crowd of self-published authors. And so a proofer is just going through looking at spelling, grammar, punctuation, and design errors. So if you've got widows or orphans or things that break funny on lines, they're looking for that too. And just really putting that final professional level of editing and finalization to your book. So that's kind of how we break it down. We also will offer kind of like a beta read service, although I wouldn't call it It's not technically a beta read because a beta read is when you don't pay somebody, when you have someone who loves a genre, read your book for you and just give you kind of really high level feedback. And so we'll do that. You know, it's, it's a bit above a substantive level. We're not going to go as detailed into where the story has issues, but we'll give you a couple of spots of general feedback. So that's kind of that's kind of the different levels and not everybody needs every level of editing. We have some folks who come in and need that kind of substantive edit. Some folks that don't and they just need a copy edit. Yeah. It just depends. Writers are at different levels and there's nothing wrong with having any being assigned any of those levels. Is substantive editing, is that the same thing as developmental editing? Um, I think it depends on who you talk to. Substantive editing is usually applied when the story is written, like from your first or second draft, we'll start using substantive editing. Developmental editing can, at least how we look at it, developmental editing comes in before, perhaps before you've really started writing the book. It's more um, at a plot or an outline level where we can say, okay, I like where you're going here, but have you considered adding in this and kind of giving people really feedback on the structure of the novel itself or the the work itself? And we we do that. We find more often that people come to us when they've already written the work. And so it's a matter of going back and kind of pulling it together with a substantive edit. And can you explain some of the terminology for those unfamiliar and some of that I'm referring to is like metadata, blurb, yeah. query letter, synopsis, <laughs> media kit, book trailer, press release, and submission review. Yeah, those are all kind of buzzwords in the industry. And we get a lot of people who come through who are like, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know why it's important. And so, and that's why we exist because we want to help people with those spots where it gets confusing and you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But for those folks who do want to know, Metadata is, if you've ever heard the term SEO, search engine optimization, metadata kind of goes hand in hand with that. And it's a matter of thinking in terms of what your target audience is going to be looking for and what keywords they might use to look for that. So if somebody is going to go onto Amazon or on their Kindle and in their Kindle search functionality and shop for a book by trope or by genre. They're going to type in something like, I want a contemporary Western romance. And so if your book is that, matches up to that, you should have some of those keywords in your backend metadata and in your marketing copy about it. And so when we do metadata, we start with 
you know, what is the concept of your book and what are you talking about and who are you going to appeal to and what are some of the terms that those folks are going to be using to search for that? And we'll pull together a list that you can use upon upload. So like Amazon has a section that's the keyword section and along with the keywords, there's the blurb and all of those pieces. So we'll, we'll recommend a list of keywords for you to use so that when people go in and search for some of those terms, your book will pop up as one of the results. And the high, just like with Google searches, you know, the higher you rank, the higher you hit on those searches, the more traffic you're going to get, the more sales you're going to get. So it's really important to do really good research on the types of keywords that people are searching, you know, trends in the keyword searches, rules around it, that sort of thing. And then what you should do with those keywords is work them into your descriptions of your book and, you know, any other copy that you write around it, even your about the author profile, because you just want to make yourself visible to those audiences. So metadata is essentially the background research around words that people will use to find you or books that you write or things in your genre. And then a blurb is your book description. And a blurb is marketing copy. And so this is where it's super important to hit those keywords and to really hook people with your concept. So you want your blurb to be really engaging. And you also want it to reflect your voice. And I tend to think about this in terms of fiction, but it's the same rules for nonfiction writers as well. You want to hit right at the heart of your conflict or your question that you're answering in your book and just hook people in from the beginning and really let them know what to expect. I think a lot of times the publishing world is a matter of setting the right expectations and then meeting them. I think where you see readers get upset with authors is when they don't live up to the expectations that they've set for a certain book. That's a little bit aside beside the point, but your blurb is really there to set those expectations and hook people right away and let them know what they will experience when they read the book. Your query letter. So if you're going the traditional route and you want to find an agent or an editor, you're going to put together a query letter. And again, query letters are really intimidating for a lot of people to write because right away, it's just like writing a blurb, you have to really hook your reader. And in this case, your reader is an agent or an editor, and they're notoriously hard to grab their attention. And they're just going to talk, they've seen everything, (laughs) they're kind of cynical, and they're going to toss anything that it doesn't hook them in the first sentence. So there's kind of a formula for writing a query letter, but there's a little bit of magic to it too. And so we will help writers figure out how to structure that query letter so that they're not only letting the agent or editor know that they've written a really good book and they have a really unique writing voice and a unique story, but that they also have some chops in terms of they understand the industry, they're they're business oriented because agents and editors are looking for professionals to work with. So a query letter is definitely an interesting challenge for some folks. And I have a Danica, actually, our, my business partner is kind of an expert at writing them. <laughs> she's done so many at this point. Oh, she's our go-to for those things. She's really got a handle on the hook. A synopsis is different. Your synopsis is generally written. There's a couple ways to look at it. 
you might write a synopsis for Amazon or for a retail platform in which you literally give a synopsis of the plot of the book, but you're not giving anything away. You want to leave readers wanting more. So it's kind of a more, it's more in depth than your blurb. And it just talks about kind of the high points of the conflict in the story or the high points of whatever you're educating people about in your nonfiction work. Then when we get into the media kit, sometimes I feel like a media kit is a little overdone or unnecessary just because the marketing world doesn't work the same as it used to. But it's a good thing to have on hand. Because if you do, like if you're pitching yourself for an interview with the media, they're going to ask for certain things consistently. And so it's good to just have all of those together in a really professional package. And so typically what they're asking for is your author bio, a headshot or some kind of photo that they can use, the blurb for your book, where it's available, any of your author communication links like if you if you're on social media your website those sorts of things and then in terms of bookstores they'll go and I often will include this in the media kit although it's not technically media driven they'll want a one sheet which will tell them things like what category codes you uh, have assigned to your book so where they would shelve the book essentially and some of those more technical details about the book itself along with cover image and any other kind of relevant imagery that they can use. The use for this just depends on your marketing plan and whether you are really going to try and hit reviewers or try and get, we always recommend that authors try to get local media interviews um, just because your local media is probably going to be pretty friendly to you because it's exciting and new and something to talk about depending on where you live you know, in Montana, you might have more success than a, than a larger kind of metropolitan area, but we always recommend that. So a media kit is useful for that. It's just pulling together all of those elements of who you are as an author and what you've written about and packaging them in a way that is professional. A book trailer. I think there's a lot of interesting industry talk right now about book trailers. We like them because they're kind of fun to make and because, especially in the world of social media, you can put them on any platform. And a book trailer is basically just a movie trailer for your book. You don't have to have a giant budget. You don't have to produce it like a movie. You can use stock footage, basically, and a couple of really fabulous lines of copy to build a book trailer and some engaging music. And then we say put it everywhere, put it on your social media, put put it on your author central page for, for KDP or for any of your other platforms. It's just kind of a fun way to get your concept in front of people and give them a new way to think about it and consume it. Again, it goes back to that. Everybody wants content. And so if your book trailer really reflects what your book book is about, you'll draw people in with it. The press release again, is something that may or may not be useful, depending on what your marketing plan entails. Press pitches are kind of a more traditional thing to do. And again, local media is a great place to start with that. If you have, oftentimes, if you're writing nonfiction, you'll have a really unique 
story to tell. And so a press pitch is super helpful and super interesting for specific media. And so the press release is just the, it's a pitch. It's telling that particular media why they should be interested in your work and why they should interview you or review your book. For me, it kind of goes hand in hand with a pitch to reviewers, which is something that we do recommend for the most part that people do is find a list of really relevant reviewers who appreciate your genre and want to, might have interest in your book. And when you reach out to them, you want to craft a really customized pitch to them. Blanket pitches, they're just going to ignore. Or I would if I was a reviewer, because it's clearly somebody who doesn't know me or care about what I do. But if you send this really carefully crafted pitch that's similar to a press release where you say, hey, I noticed that you liked this book and this book and this book. I think you might like mine because it has these similarities to those books. So for me, I kind of lumped together that idea of the press release and the custom crafted pitch to reviewers. It's just asking people to pay attention to your book in a different way. Submission review. So this is something, again, that is more for those folks that are going uh, the traditional route. So often, if you're asked to submit something to an agent or an editor, they're going to look for a few key pieces. They're going to want your first three chapters, or sometimes they'll want the full, but usually they'll ask for the first couple chapters, your query letter, your synopsis, and kind of this package of information. And it's really important to put that package together to show you at your best. And so self-publishing services will help you craft that package and make sure that you are in tip-top shape, the best you can possibly be when you send that submission package off to your agent or editor target. Yeah, that was a lot of stuff. And I think that that definitely helps people understand one of the services you offer is kind of helping with all of that. I guess, would that be part of like a book launch? There are a few kind of standard things that we recommend for folks when they are ready to launch a book. And we will help build that package out. And it may, it generally is going to include, let's talk about who your local media are that might be interested Let's look at some really targeted reviewers that might be a great fit for your book or potentially some national media, depending on what you're writing or who you are. Let's put together some social plans if you're comfortable with social and if you have a social presence. And so the book launch is really just about specifically what are we going to do to get the word out about this specific book? So things that would be included in that would definitely be metadata and blurb, potentially the synopsis, the media kit, book trailer, press release, custom pitch letter, those sorts of things, which is on a different level than there's kind of, I I tend to think of it in, in two levels for marketing. There's kind of your maintenance marketing, where you just exist as an author and communicate to people and have an author persona and brand. And then there's marketing that you do specifically to drive book sales for a new release. And they're very intertwined, but there are some kind of standard things that most that are kind of industry best practices around launching a book. So that's what the book launch package is about. 
All right. Yeah. And y'all offer a variety of packages. So if anyone's interested in learning more about your services and packaging, the website is just selfpublishingservices.com. Yep. Selfpublishingservices.com. Yeah. And we have a page for our editing and you know total book packages. And then we have a page that talks about marketing packages. That's a little bit interesting when people call for that because we want to offer kind of a package deal because I think it's easier for people to maybe understand. But at the same time, I also really feel like most those packages are, it's hard to customize those packages. And that's really what you need is some customization because it depends on what genre you're writing in, what your background is, who you're targeting, those sorts of things are really going to influence what your best choices are in terms of how to go about your marketing. So while we do offer them, I like to point out to people that please know that those are really customizable. It's really, we will do a certain amount of work within these packages. And this is usually what it looks like, but we definitely can swap that out for other things that are a better fit for your particular book. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your time today. You've gone into a lot of detail and I think helped everyone understand how self-publishing works and maybe the advantages of it and whatnot. And I'll have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash SPS. That'll that'll just make yes. it easier. Self-publishing services, SPS. And that's usually <laughs> what we call ourselves. So I, uh, I yeah. really appreciate the opportunity to talk here. All of us at SPS, we'll talk for hours about <laughs> anything involving publishing because it's kind of a passion for all of us. And we really, our goal is to just help authors get out there in a way that feels good to them and is successful for them in the way that matches how they define set success. One thing that we do really recommend for folks is to have a goal before you start down your publishing road. And to do some research. And so in order to do that, we've kind of created a couple of templates on our website and they're free. You can download them for free. They are, one of them is a business plan template and one of them is a marketing plan template. And they're pretty in-depth. We called them simple. And then I realized that while they may be simple compared with others that are out there, there's a lot of research that goes into it. But we really want to encourage authors to be mindful about what their goals are and the steps that they are going to take to achieve those goals, because that's super important. Otherwise, you might end up in a space where you're really frustrated with where you're at, or you know you don't understand the industry as well as you want to. And so we really strongly encourage folks to start with business planning and marketing planning so that you know where you're going and we can help you get there. I think I'll download those actually as well. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> because uh, I'm about to start working on my third book. So I might as well, I, I like to continue to educate myself because you always learn something new. Oh, so. absolutely. And that's, you know, we always say, make your business plan for the next five years, that doesn't mean that it can't change because the industry is always changing and you're changing as a person. And so, but at, at least you have a starting space and kind of a, an idea of where you're going to be in the next few years. So we strongly encourage people use those and start thinking in those terms, goals, 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 goals. Well, thank you so much. And again, that's selfpublishingservices.com. And you can also check out the show notes and there will also be the audio from this. Thank you. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, 
I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.